0: The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at ConnectionChurchNC.com. And it is so wonderful to be back in your presence, not not only God's presence this morning. I missed you all last week. Uh, some of you like, oh, you were gone? Yeah, I was gone. Um, but I missed you all. It felt much longer than just a week that I've been gone. But I, I had a phenomenal time in Asheville. Uh, a friend of mine asked me to preach at his church. I had a blessed time worshiping with some of his people, beautiful people up there in Asheville. Um, but man, I tell you, I, I went to the, our website Tuesday and listened to Brent Bennett's message Are you talking about home run or what? That's phenomenal stuff, wasn't it? Listen, man, we are blessed to have pastors on this staff that love God's Word like him and Pastor Bradley who can bring the Word like that. I sat there on my couch and listened to that one evening on Tuesday evening and I was just blown away by his message And so today, saying that, we need to be praying for Pastor Brent and his family. They're really sick. They're not with us today. So if you would, just lift them up in your prayers when God lays them on your heart. And so, but I just want to sort of pick back up where Pastor Brent left off. So in your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 4. We're going to pick up talking more about this guy by the name of Peter and the other guy by the name of John. You know, last week, Pastor Brent talked about this unbelievable healing of this lame beggar there at the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 4. I think it's Acts chapter 4 that he was talking about. Um, that, we, that And that's where we're going to just... It's Acts chapter 3, I'm sorry. It's where we're going to be picking up, talking about those two men. And, and he talked about these divine interruptions. Just a show of hands. Anybody have a divine interruption this week? few of you did, phenomenal, phenomenal, I I read this story, I've heard this story, I've preached this story, and I even listened to Pastor Brent's message again, and it was just, I I was blown away by how awesome Peter and John sound, any of you in here just like last week listening to that message, or you read this story in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, and they, they almost sound like superheroes, don't they? You know, they come upon this divine interruption with this lame beggar. And, and some of us in this room, if we're honest with ourselves, we're like, man, we, I don't have what Peter and John have. Like, I, just this week, I intentionally looked the other way from some divine interruptions. Let's just be honest. That's probably what some of us did this week. Because we don't feel like we've got what Peter and John have. Can I just let you in on a little bit of a secret this morning? Just a little secret about Peter and John. Peter and John, they weren't that special of men. They, They didn't have anything that you don't have. Like, they weren't that great of men. They just weren't. They put their pants on just like many of you put your pants on this morning. You know, Peter, any of you know his backstory, you know that Peter was just a normal old guy. They were just average fishermen. Just average fishermen. You see, it's Peter who basically lied straight to Jesus' face, just lied straight to his face. So there was an interaction between him and Jesus going on, and Jesus was saying some pretty harsh things, and Peter said, well, hey, hold Jesus. Even if it costs me my life, Jesus, I'll give my life for you. Lied straight to his face. Because when the rubber met the road, Peter, when his life basically was on the line, Peter said, well, no, I have no idea who this Jesus guy is. And that doesn't sound too superheroish, does it? doesn't sound very special. There was another time when Jesus was going to show his disciples what true service looked like. And he said, hey guys, I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter said, no, you ain't washing my feet. Basically, he told Jesus, no way. And so we see that Peter was not this superhero, perfect guy who had it all together. And John, the guy that was with him, He didn't have the track record that Peter did, but John was just your average fisherman as well. These guys were not all that. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and I want you to say to them, you're not all that. Now I want you to turn to the neighbor you neglected and say, even if you don't know them, you're not all that. You see, for some, you, some of you enjoyed that way too much. I had that happen to me this week in Asheville. For some reason, we think that we are all of that. For some reason, I, don't, I guess our mothers, our grandmothers told us that we were all that and we started to believe it. But Peter and John were not all that, and neither are we. This week I told you I was in Asheville preaching, true story, Sunday after church. I had just finished preaching, and I was doing my preacher thing. I was out in the hall talking, shaking hands, saying, guys, thanks for having me. I love your church. I love your people. I love your vision. I love what's going on here. Good sermon, good sermon, good sermon. Well, here comes from the outside a guy back in. Now, you got to understand, in Asheville, they're artsy, right? Isn't that what, the nice way of saying it? They're artsy, and they're beautiful people. I love them. I could spend more time in Asheville. But this artsy guy comes up from the outside. He saw me right there in front of the door, and he came back inside, and he said, I tell you what, Pastor. He said, man, you remind me of the three bears. And I'm like, where's this one going? <laughs> I know what he's been doing outside, so here comes the three bears store. He said, you remind me of the three bears. And I think he was talking about my preaching. I honestly do. He said, you remind me of the three bears. He said, you're not too bad. And you're not too good. He said, you're just right. (laughs) And so I just looked at him and I said, thanks, I guess. I said, that was very humbling for me. Because sometimes even when we go to other places, and and I I felt pretty good about myself, I I felt like um, I did a pretty good job. Sometimes I forget that I'm not all that. Listen, Peter and John, those two men who healed or were taking part in the healing of this lame beggar, they were not all that. I want you to pay close attention to this. They were all that God needed them to be. They weren't all that. But they were all that God needed them to be. If you're taking notes because you want to get into heaven, you'll write this one word down. (laughs) You do know you get a better seat in heaven, right, when you take notes in church, right? Amen, sister. You say brother and sister, you even move right on up. All right? You see, they were all that God needed them to be, and they were filled. Write that word down, filled. They were filled. Some of you are like, well, Scott, were, were they filled with what? To understand this, we've got to go back to Acts chapter 1. Pastor Brent left us in Acts chapter 3 with Peter and John and doing all of these things. And we've got to go back to the beginning in Acts chapter 1 where Dr. Luke was writing this. And we've got to understand what they were filled with. Luke records some of Jesus' words right here in Acts chapter 1. It says in verse 4, it says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, being the disciples, Peter and John were one of them. He gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I believe this morning's presents itself with an opportunity to be a game changer in some of your lives. Because you have looked the other way for divine interruptions. You know that here at this church we've preached it, we've talked about the fact that we're going to be about people, we're going to pursue people. You've heard it said... And it's just not comfortable for you because you feel like that you're not all that. That you do not have what it takes to pursue other people in the name of Jesus. And let me just be honest with you. You're exactly right. You don't have what it takes. But I believe this morning is a game changer for some of you. Because you have been doing this thing. And you've been trying this thing all by yourself. And today I'm telling you here this morning, because there has been a divine interruption in this place this morning, that it is not about what you can do. It is all about you being filled with the same Holy Spirit that Peter and John were filled with. You see, when we go back to the book of Acts, many of you, if you've been in church a long time or you've been in church any time, you've probably heard the fact that the book of Acts is talked about. And it's sort of given from the angle that it's about the early church, right? It's a model of the early church. While it is a model of the early church, I want us to maybe just ask ourselves, is it a possibility that this book of Acts has another angle that we could look at it from that maybe, just maybe the church, we Christians have been missing for so long. Is it possible that there's something else about the book of Acts and it's not all about the early church? What if N.T. Wright, who's a bishop, In the Anglican church, someone who's much smarter than I am, what if he's right? Because he says this, and I quote him. He says that the point of Acts is the God who is at work in and through the early church to change the world. We focus so much on the book of Acts about this early church. And we've always preached it about the early church. And we leave out the force and the power behind it. And I want to just stake the claim here this morning at Connection Church. That it will never be about this church What you do and what you do and what you do will never be done under your own strength. But it will only be done for His glory when it is done through the power of God's Holy Spirit. And maybe we've just been missing that. And we've been adding so many dots to our calendar. And we've been looking for opportunities to do so many things in the name of Jesus. But we've been trying to do it under the strength of Scott. And we've been doing it under the flag and banner of Connection Church. And we've asked God to come with us, to bless us, to bless what we're doing. Instead of maybe we just need to be saying, God, where are you moving? Where are you going to be? God, where are you going to be showing up? God, where is your Holy Spirit going to fall? God, who are the men and women in this community that your Holy Spirit is just crushing right now? Who are the men and women that we need to be partnering with that are so full of your Holy Spirit that when they walk in the room, all darkness vanishes? It's not about the church. It'll never be about the church. It'll always be about the God who is moving through the people of His church. Amen? And We have to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. That's what Peter and John were. You see, they were just, let me say it this way, just the lucky ones who were in the right place at the right time. It wasn't Peter. No, it was not Peter at all. It could have been Bob. It could have been Tom. It can be Susie. It can be Emily. It can be anyone. Peter was just the one. It was God's power working through the Holy Spirit. Just working through an obedient Peter. I just wonder how many of us are willing to be obedient enough to be used by God. And moves through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that's what God's calling us to. I want to be moved. I want to be filled. I want to be filled with Scott. And I think if you're honest with yourself, you don't want to be filled with you either. Man, we're filled. I think once we understand the importance of that, look at this. Acts 1. Jesus talking in verse 8. He says, But you will receive power. <laughs> will you you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you? And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hmm. Luke goes on, he says, after he said this, Jesus, it says that he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. So listen, if this is a little weird for you, that's okay. This is some strange stuff. So let's just see this picture here if we can clearly. These disciples are standing there and they're watching. You understand this, right? They're watching Jesus ascend into heaven. What would you be doing? You'd be watching too, wouldn't you? I'd be like, man, I wonder if he's going to drop. We watch balloons fly through the air like that, don't we? And we watch balloons so long, we're like, I wonder how long I can see this balloon. We'll look away for a little while, like, oh, I can still see it. They're watching Jesus ascend into the sky. And they're staring. And then all of a sudden, two angels appear. And the angels ask a pretty ridiculous question. You see what question they ask? Why do you stand here? Looking into the sky. didn't you just see this guy float up? But you see, the two angels were ready for those two men, the other men. They were just saying to them, Hey, the man that you're watching ascend into heaven just told you what to do. Why are you still standing here not doing what he told you to do? I can almost hear the tone in their voice, can't you? Hey, parents in the room, I almost think that they have the same tone that you have when you're talking to your children that do not listen to you. I have a tone. I won't tell you which one of my children that I have to use my tone with the most, but what I will do with him is I will call his name first time in a normal tone. The second time I will yell it. The third time I will go crazy on him. And I will say, Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. (laughs) And he continues to go. And I can hear these angels tone. Why are you staring into the sky? This man Jesus just told you what you are to do. You need to go get to work. I think the same thing is true for us. Church, we know what we are to do. There are some of us in this room, we have surrendered all of this life to God. Jesus has filled us with His Holy Spirit. We now have work to do. Why are you still staring into the sky? The second word, if you're taking notes, that you need to write down is this. is focus. If we're sitting here today knowing that God has filled us with His Spirit, we must focus on what God is desiring for us to do now. I believe that some of us have been in church all of our life and we still don't know what it is we are to focus on. Like we don't even know where to start. We don't have a clue what to do. I want to tell you, right here in this place, this movement of God that is so much bigger than myself, so much bigger than our staff, and so much bigger than our leadership here at this church, this is what God has called us to focus on. And the first one is this, is we're about people. This is our focus. We're about people. Scott, you guys say that all the time. We're about people because people matter to God. And if they matter to God, they're going to matter to us. Everyone matters to God. They may not look like us. They may not act like us. They may not smell like us, but I don't understand how in the world the categories crept into the church. I was in Asheville last week and something that I loved about that church, there were homeless people coming in off the street to worship. There were doctors running the coffee shop at the same church. I can't wait for the day that God moves in such a way through His Holy Spirit in this community that someone walks into this church and they have to scratch their head and ask themselves: is this a black church? Is this a Hispanic church? Is this a rich church? Is this a poor church? Is this a white church? You see, they don't have to ask that question right now. They know. But I believe when we all start moving through the power of God's Spirit, concerned about all people, guys, we're going to start to see that type of thing change. Because God doesn't see anything other than someone's soul. They matter to God. And if they matter to God, then they're going to matter to us. And our focus is going to be this. We're going to set the stage. We're going to create an environment. We're going to create an atmosphere, a culture, that every person who has not yet met Jesus For every person who has never experienced the life transformation and the freedom that Jesus Christ offers, it is our focus to set the stage for that person to be able to come and experience Jesus much like many of you and I have. Our focus, because we're filled with the Holy Spirit is people, everybody. Second focus is serving. Because everybody matters to God and everybody matters to us, we are going to serve everyone. Why do you think we're going to Smith and Green Street Saturday? It's not for ourselves. We don't pat ourselves on the back. We're not trying to get those people into this church. We're trying to get the freedom and the graciousness and love of Jesus to many of them who will never experience it unless you and I go to them. So what Jesus said, he said, "You'll get the power, this Holy Spirit, and when you receive this Holy Spirit, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to go to Samaria. I want you to go everywhere. And so, yeah, we may call Wahlberg our home base, but I have no idea where God's going to ask us to go serve others next. I just know our focus is about serving every person that we get an opportunity to serve. Because that's what Jesus did. He was the example. He served everyone. And some of you, that just makes uncomfortable. I get so uncomfortable when I have to go outside of this little area of my life. Can I tell you why? It's because you've been doing it on your own strength. Can I tell you something? Standing here on this stage with a microphone in my hand speaking to you all is not the most comfortable thing for Scott but if I ever try to do this on my own power, we're all in trouble. And there's some of you here today, God has given the gift of serving, but you've been doing it out of your own strength. And maybe you just never knew that God wanted to just fill you with your, His Holy Spirit. And then you start looking for those opportunities and when those divine interruptions take place, those lame beggars, huh, you see them as opportunities instead of obstacles when you're operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to focus on serving everyone. Third thing is we're going to focus on being generous. We're going to focus on being Generous. Just what if, what if every person here took it upon themselves to try to outgive God? What if you and you and you and from all of us, what if we tried every day? I'll give God. You see, Jesus didn't give his life for us, he didn't sacrifice his life for us so that we could be takers so that we could try to pile up as much as we possibly can. No, He gave His life for us so that we can go and give and share and be as generous as He's been to us. I'm going to make you a promise. This church will continue to focus on being generous. And we are, we are, as staff and as leaders of this church are going to try to outgive God. Fourth focus is this none of this is possible on your own. Some of you have been doing it on your own. Okay, Scott, I get this Holy Spirit being filled thing. I understand that I've got some things of my own that are in the way. But you know what? That's not what I'm even talking about right here. We've got to do this stuff together. We've we got to do this stuff together. We can't be concerned about all people. We can't go out there to serve everyone And man, when our generosity starts to add up together, man, lives start to change. Communities start to change. And we start to see God moving in a way that some of you have never ever thought would ever happen again after reading Acts chapter 2. You thought this was a history book. And when we got done with Acts chapter 2 and 3 and 4, God's never going to move like this again. Can I tell you something? This book did not end with a period. I believe it ended with a comma. And you and I, through the same power of the Holy Spirit, yet yeah, we may not be adding to the actual scriptures, But guys, you and I moved by the same Holy Spirit are adding to what God wants to do. And we've got to do this together. Some of you have been out there by yourself way too long. And some of you are on the verge. You're saying, this is it, man. This church is getting too big for us. I don't even know the pastor's name and I guarantee you he doesn't know mine. Listen, we have to do life together. We have to make this smaller. And the only way you do that here is you get into a connection point and you dive into what God's Word says. You serve together. You give together. You do this thing called life together and you watch God's Holy Spirit blow your minds. We do. That's our focus. That's my focus. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. Because we're getting ready to get real serious. We're getting ready to get real serious, and probably a little bit uncomfortable for some this is why we're here this morning. Listen, two things as we wrap this up. There's some of you who have heard this message before. You know acts backwards and forwards. You've been in church. You love Jesus. But you have been operating under your own power. And you wonder why you are in the predicament that you're in. You wonder why you really don't like yourself this morning. It's because you have been in control. And you have gotten yourself in this predicament. And today, God is saying to you, it's time to give everything up. And today, it's time to be filled with my Holy Spirit. But for that to take place, there's some of us in this room that are going to have to lay some things down. And I have no idea what that is for you. And so right now, what we're going to do is we're going to let you and God do what you need to do. I'm going to open this front right here. We're going to call this our altar time. Right here at the front of this stage. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, but maybe you've never given Him your all, you're still in the way. And His Holy Spirit is wanting to take total control of your life today. I'm just going to ask you to get up out of your seat right now. And we want to pray with you. Come on. What is it that you need to lay down? What is it that He needs to remove so that He can fill you with all of Him?